Hey everybody, how you doing? Uh, Juan here. Working on, we've been working through John chapter 16 for the last few weeks. Tonight is the last week of John chapter 16, and next week you'll be jumping into John chapter 17 with Tom, Pastor Tom. But um, I'm just going to read through the scripture, we're going to, verses 29 to the end now, 29 to 33, and then we'll get into it from there. So verse 29 says this, Then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there is no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. So let's go back to verse uh, 29. And actually, I want to touch on something we talked about last week. Um, last week in verse 26, Jesus is saying this. He said, then you will ask in my name, right? And I was at a pastor's conference this past week, and somebody brought this verse up and just talking about it. And what they, they mentioned something, I just thought, when I heard it, I thought, that's it, of course. So when Jesus is saying, ask in my name, in verse 26, um, yes, he's, he's saying, you know, if you say, in Jesus' name, right? But then we have to think, what we're thinking about is, if you look at, reference this off of James chapter 4, verse 3, which says, you ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures, that's what it says there. Uh, let me look at it in... That was New King James, actually. I'm going to look at it real quick in uh, NLT. It says this. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So, looking at that, when Jesus says, ask in my name, he's not just saying about, say, in the name of Jesus. He's saying, you need to ask in the same, the same way Christ would, in the same nature of Christ. Now, that, that actually, in my mind, clarifies it quite a bit. Why don't the people receive in James chapter 4, verse 3? Because they don't even have the same, the, the correct nature of, in their prayer life as Jesus Christ did, right? You ask and do not receive because you ask the wrong way. You know, you ask, see, NLT says it like this, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. We have to have the motives of Christ when we pray for something or someone, okay? So when he says, verse 26, then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. So when we ask, we're asking because... We believe in God, and we believe that Jesus came from God, right? And the Father wants to answer our prayer because He loves us, but we also have to ask with the right, with the same motives as Jesus would ask. You know, if Jesus was asking that in that prayer, what would His motives be? You know, is it to please Himself? Is it to bring glory to Himself? Is it to, uh, you know, for the pleasure of having more money or possessions or those kinds of things? No. He would be asking to what? To glorify his father. The reason Jesus asked for things so that his father would be glorified. So we have to ask this, the same motives as Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to 
add that to our teaching from last week and continue on with this teaching this week, verse 29. Then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. I find it interesting because when you're reading through this chapter, you're like, I don't see that he's saying anything differently. But I really, truly believe that their, their understanding, they weren't in a sense, it's almost like they were, their understanding was clouded on purpose. So that prophecy would be fulfilled and Jesus could go through, go through the steps of what he needed to do to get to the point where he would be, you know, betrayed and then crucified you know because if they knew right off the bat what he meant they would have tried to stop him they probably would have tried to you know get him gather him up and hide him away run away with him and and make sure it didn't happen they didn't want jesus to die because they didn't understand that he needed to die for there to be salvation right but at this point they're starting to understand starting to understand who jesus is and what he's talking about but they don't have full understanding yet because you see that from this verse 31 Jesus asks do you finally believe you know he's clarifying this time really do you actually believe yet you know because a lot of times he's given them so much proof that he is God right and he continues to give proof He's fulfilling prophecies. He's doing miraculous signs. He's not just healing people. He's forgiving their sins, right? He's bringing people, uh, bringing people back from the dead. He's multiplying food. And you're like, if this isn't God, I don't know who this is, right? <clears throat> and they still need to be reassured that he's God, you know? And finally, it's coming around. They're saying, we, we finally understand that you know everything and that there's no need to question you, right? If they knew who Jesus was, they would never question him to begin with, right? From this, we believe that you came from God. Okay. So you see these kinds of things that they're saying. You're like, all oh, these things have happened over and over. And you still were to this point. You didn't, weren't completely sure if he came from God. And you were still questioning who he was. And you didn't understand that he knew everything. Interesting. But I think on purpose, their, their understanding was kind of like subdued or clouded. So that things could continue to progress in the time frame and in the manner that they needed to progress to get to the point where we would be have salvation because of Jesus' death on the cross. Verse 32, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And I'm going to show you this with two verses, Matthew chapter 26 verse 31 and 56 it says on the way jesus told them tonight all of you will desert me for the scriptures say god will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered then 56 says this but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures at that point all the disciples deserted him and fled and then john chapter 20 verse 10 it says then they went home so you see just like he said they scattered and most of them went home. They just went back to what they knew, right? They just went back like completely broken of what they thought they knew. Like, oh, what? You know? And I think we can relate to that. You get to a point, you know, just like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what just happened, right? So when Jesus needed them the most, there was two things, really. Two things. When Jesus needed them the most, they deserted him. His, his, closest friends at the time i mean if you spend 
pretty much 24 hours a day with a group of people, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year for three years. You get to know people pretty well, right? You get pretty close. And when when the going got tough and the worst and Jesus needed them the most, they deserted him, right? Which was to fulfill scripture, obviously. But two things about this that, I mean, we, you, us as believers need to understand. When we're all alone and no one is by our side, true, no one is by our side except for Christ. Jesus Christ is always by our side. He never leaves us. He says it in, um, I know in Joshua, he says it, and he's speaking to Joshua specifically, but we can, there's a promise to all believers there, those that trust in him, that he will never leave us or forsake us. I know he was specifically speaking to Joshua at that point, but there's something that we, a truth that we can take out of that that relates to all his children. That he will never leave us or forsake us. And then second thing about that is that Jesus knows who we truly are. No matter what airs we put up, we put on, and um, he never leaves us alone. Well, we might put up these airs and these masks and these facades about who we really are, but Jesus knows who we really are. And Jesus knew who those disciples were and what they were going to do to him. And he loved them still the same, no matter what. And that's the same for us. If you're a child of God, Jesus loves you the same, even when you desert him, even when you walk away, even if you backslide. Jesus loves you the same. He doesn't just love you, though. He comes after you and he wants to get you back. He sends people to talk to you about the Lord. He sends people to remind you that you are loved. He sends people to love on you and help you bear your burdens. You know, and when I'm talking about bearing burdens, I'm talking about needs, not wants. Not wants, needs. He helps. He sends people to come and help you bear your needs and at times provide for your needs, but not your wants. Your wants are not what he's looking to do. He's not looking to take care of what pleases you and makes you happy. He's looking to take care of what you need so that you continue to grow and come closer to him. So those two things we need to remember. We're never alone. And even though who we truly are is ugly and sinful, Jesus never stops loving us, and he never leaves us alone. Verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. So I'm going to read you a couple, a few verses here um, just to help clarify this, get a better understanding here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. <clears throat> he united Jews and Gentiles into one people, one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. So when Jesus died on the cross, he broke down this separating wall that brought all, anyone who believes in him, it was now, at that point, it wasn't for the Jews anymore, it was for the whole world. He came so that the world may have life. 2 Timothy chapter, two, chapter 3 verse 12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And in the New King James it says it like this. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So what do we see here? I have told, he says in verse 30, I have told you this so you may have peace in me. So bad times are going to happen. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. We're going to have lots of trouble. We're going to have trials. We're going to have sadness and sorrow. But what does he say? You can have peace in me. You can have peace in here. Why can we have peace in him? Because he has overcome the world. Right? He's defeated sin. He's defeated death. 
He's overcome the world. And like I said before, off of verse 32, we're never alone. Jesus is always with us. And he's right there through the difficulties in our lives. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. See, even though we're not trustworthy, and we've failed Jesus many times in our lives, Christ is the same anytime and all the time. He never fails us. He won't ever fail us, and he's with us all the time. So you can see that when the fire in your life comes and starts to burn you up, he's going to walk through the fire with you, just like in the in the account in the Old Testament with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting thrown into the fiery furnace. Three got thrown in, but four were seen there. Jesus was there with them. And when they came out, their bonds were burned off, but they didn't even smell like smoke and they weren't even singed. Not a hair was singed on them, right? And then looking at like, um, <clears throat> you know, and when there's a flood, let's like it says here, when you walk through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. It's not just going to crash over you and sweep you away. The Lord will help you forward the hard times that seem like they're going to sweep you away, but not with Christ by your side. So in verse 33, basically, it's like a little, he's giving you a check, like a cash money check, right? And you can cash that. I've told you, you have peace in me. You will have many trials and sorrows, but don't worry because I've overcome the world. That's a check. That, that's basically in verse 33, Jesus has given me a check and I can go cash that. Boom. Jesus said, I can have peace no matter what's happening to me. And he's overcome the world. So I don't even need to worry about it. He's going to take care of me. Because, and like it says in verse 32, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to leave us alone. Even though I might try to run away from him or I might forget about him, he never leaves me in those things. You know, he's right there beside us. So we need to remember that. Just want to help you guys. Think about it, pray about it, and remember, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. God bless you. Have a good night.